Next on News for the Soul, the voice of spirit with Gerilyn. Gerilyn is a fiercely loving earth mama, offering her authentic nurturing presence who holds space for you to discover your true self. As a natural psychic intuitive, she has been spiritually guiding clients around the world since 1994 with a strong faith and connection with the Holy Spirit and Gabriel, her primary guide. Please welcome Gerilyn back to News for the Soul. Welcome back, Gerilyn. Happy New Year. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you also. So I'm going to hand the, the floor over to you. I'm here to help you as needed. Uh, but um, okay. because you're so sparkly, fresh, new, um, maybe give people a, a bigger introduction and uh, let us know what's up for today. Okay. So today what we're doing is we're going to be talking about the dimensional shift that's happening. And we're going to be talking about how you can engage your intuitive abilities to help you um, to embrace that and jump into the shift. It's basically like surfing. Just, just to be clear, you're saying shift, uh, shift with an F, right? Correct. Okay. I, <laughs> Although it feels right. the other way, too. Yes, it does. <laughs> I thought I'd jump in there. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So today what we're talking about is it seems like everyone right now is holding on so, so tightly. They're holding on to their money. They're trying to hold on to their relationships. They're trying to hold on to whatever is there that they have. Because there's this huge sense of change and loss that's happening. I know that myself, I've lost several people in the last six months and that there, there's a lot of people who are choosing to um, exit right now. And part of that, I, so how do we know the earth is shifting? I know we've been talking about this forever. Well, it's a long process. And it did, like one of the major turning points was 2012, where things started changing again. Part of it has to do with the Schumann Resonance and the things that are happening there right now. The Schumann resonance is the resonance or the heartbeat of the earth. It is the electromagnetic field that keeps us safe, and it is changing. The normal vibration is at a 7.68, and it has been increasing, and sometimes it spikes. When it does that, uh, it has been shown to affect people's hearts, our heart rhythm, um, pressure, and the way we're seeing this on the outside is that we're seeing people be very angry and frustrated and very reactive. And because of that, we need to be really careful about what we put our energy into. Uh, I feel that if we recognize that people's behavior is not a direct reflection of whatever's going on inside of us at that moment, that we will have a better opportunity to use this time to do greater things as, a, as opposed to falling down into the mud and fighting with one another and doing that sort of thing. So I wanted to talk about different things that we can do and kind of what the shift is. So the way a lot of psychics and metaphysicians are talking about it is that the shift is shifting from 3D density into 5D. What does that mean? That means our vibrations are going up, that our frequency is going up, that our uh, natural intuitive abilities are being utilized better or can be utilized better. Whether or not somebody chooses to do that, that's up to them. And that a choice needs to be made. We're at a very turbulent period which I feel like the worst of it started in 2020. There are so many people hanging on so viciously to the old way of doing things and trying to hold on to um, the past 
and when things were really solid. So there's a difference between being in a very solid vibration where you feel like there's security and being in a low vibration where it's not necessarily really security. It's more just feeling low, feeling depressed, feeling apathetic. And these things, what happens is that then we as a as a race, as a society, we're going to either go up or down. Up is peace, love. I'm not talking about Shangri-La necessarily. It doesn't mean that we no longer have any issues or anything like that or that we have nothing left to learn. But it's about things becoming more in the flow and becoming reconnected to spirit, reconnected to God, reconnected to Jesus, reconnected to Allah. Krishna, whoever it is, whatever name you give it, it's being reconnected to the divine. And it's becoming closer to that divine source and living a life that reflects that. So that's what the shift is. What does intuition have to do with it? Well, intuition is a God-given gift. All of us have intuition. All of us, every single human born on earth has intuition. We were taught when we were much younger to shut all that down. Some religions even teach you that if you listen to your own intuition that you're evil or that it's always the devil. You can't trust anybody but a priest, a higher up, someone else. It's always the outer other to, uh, to talk to. That's not true. It was never true. What happens is as we separate ourselves from ourselves, we are also separating from source. We are also separating from the all that is and not doing what we need to do to uh, exit the room. That that is the true meaning of sin. Sin in Latin means without. And when you sin, it means you are separating yourself from God, from the all that is, whatever you want to call it. I call it spirit. I always say spirit or the all that is. So what intuition has to do with it is as we bring our intuition back online and we start trusting it and having faith in it because that is our connection to God, Things start to flow better, and we become more in tune with the earth, which we're needing to do right now because if you're not in tune with the earth, you're probably having heart palpitations, um, AFib, pressure, headaches, getting angry really quickly, feeling really frustrated. All these things happen when your body becomes overwhelmed by the energy that's around it. So knowing that, we need to really dive into our intuition in order to allow for spirit to come in and fill that space and reconnect. I am not here to argue semantics. I am here to help people in a loving, nurturing way to attain their highest self, to try and become the best of who they are. So some of the things that we need to understand to be able to do this is your vibration, where your vibration is, where your sticking points are, and where you can easily make some shifts that will help you to embrace the shift instead of fighting against it. You need to choose. There's no straddling the line. There's no hanging on the fence and seeing who wins. Everybody is going to win one way or the other, but we need to make our own decision. Are you going to feed the fear to look to the more loving element Are you going to have a vibration of 
love and peace? Or are you going to have a vibration of negativity and anger, envy, resentment? Make the choice. And the thing is, it's not like once we make the choice that it it never changes and that we're perfect from that point. I choose. I am going to be loving. That means when I go and drive my car, I will not yell at anybody no matter what they do. That is so unrealistic. Anybody who drives knows (laughs) how unrealistic that is. But the thing is to try. So to recognize, all right, somebody cut me off in traffic. Nobody died. Everything's okay. I don't know what that person is going through, so I'm not going to yell and honk as as hard as it may be. I'm going to choose to be understanding and to allow their choice to be their choice. And don't take it with you through the day. So many times when we have experiences throughout our day that are difficult or we wish we could do it differently, it's all right to review things and be like, all right, I could have done this instead of this. But don't ruminate on it. Don't continue to keep talking to yourself about it because then you're giving it energy. You're making it bigger than it needs to be. Whereas if you see something, you experience it, acknowledge it, make a decision what you're going to do with it, and 99% of what happens during your day is going to be, be just let go. Because it doesn't need to remain in the field. It doesn't need to be there. Hold on to the good things. People are so programmed to hang on to negativity. Let's all make a conscious effort to hang on to the positive things. If you go on to YouTube or any social media, you'll find there are two camps. One camp always about the fear and fear-mongering and, you know, this is a horrible thing and people are terrible and giving you all the bad news. It's so easy to find all the bad news. But if you make an effort, you can find all the good news too. You can find the cute cat videos that make you feel funny, you know, that make you laugh. You could look at the videos that show you, there's that one child that does miraculous saves and it shows all these different instances where someone was saved from something either by divine intervention, like they'll be standing on a corner and there's a car crash and each car goes on either side of them and they don't get touched, like that kind of save. Or someone sees something is going to happen and they move to stop it. They move to stop that person or that animal from getting hurt. Things we need to look for because there's just as much of that as there is the negative stuff. But with our media... And the way we consume things, the negativity is more prevalent. It doesn't have to be. That doesn't mean that we don't acknowledge that bad things happen. That doesn't mean that we pretend like our life is perfect. That's not what it's about. It's about living in this reality and what this reality is becoming for us, the world in a different way. We all experience things differently. That's why when you talk about eyewitness testimony, you have five people with an exactly the same accident and each of them will see it slightly differently. Why? Is it about camera angles? It's about the internal mechanisms that we use to experience our world. So if the eternal, internal mechanism you're using is about lack, and keeping you safe, then you're stopping a lot of good things from happening. And you're just looking for things that prove, and this is with anything, and that's why uh, I was taught much younger, when you're with a child or somebody's in your house or whatever, you don't say, oh, don't slip, don't fall, because then they start thinking about falling, and then they have a much higher rate of falling than if you said, be careful or watch out for yourself. So we need to integrate these things. They're very small. They're really easy things to implement. And we also need to keep track of when we start sliding downward. When do we start feeling heavy? 
Are there people that we're with who we will start to feel heavy with because they're fear-mongering or their anxiety just vomits all over the room and it just makes everybody else feel bad? Or are we going to be are we going to be the light in that room, the calming essence? I don't know if you know somebody who does this, but there are people in the world who when their presence is there, when they walk into a room, there's like this sigh of relief. Relief. Everything just calms down. My father was like that. Quiet man. He was, what, five, six? So he wasn't like a really big guy. And But if he walked in the room, everything just was like everybody listened to him. My sister-in-law is a nurse. She's an incredible burn unit nurse. She's retired now. But when she walks in the room, you can feel everybody relax. It's like, oh, Mary's here. Thank God. Mary's here. Everything's all right. No matter what happens, everything's going to be okay because she has that kind of a presence. And it's the type of presence that you can nurture in yourself. Not everybody is meant to be that way, but you can be one who does not add to the insanity, who doesn't add to the anxiety, who doesn't add to the negativity. Really think about what you're saying and the emotion behind it before you say it. And if you find that what you're saying has, it pulls you down, it has a heavy feel to it, it might feel powerful, but that's not always a positive thing. You know, just like your mom said, if you got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. We've all heard that. We really need to think about it. And that doesn't mean don't tell the truth. But there's a difference between being brutally honest, brutally honest, and simply being honest. Some people need to have it delivered in a very direct, almost brutal manner. But that's not most people. So that should be a last resort, not the first. So the goal is to make a choice right now. And I hate to say negative and positive, but I'm going to say high vibration or low vibration. And the first way to make this choice is if you're choosing a higher vibration is to really look objectively at your life. When I walk into a room, do people tense up or do they relax? Bad news with me? Do I only watch crime dramas or I justice? Yes. I mean, I like crime dramas too, but you need to have a diet of energy that is balanced or more towards the upper vibration. Let's talk about vibration again a little bit. So we all have EMF. We all have electromagnetic fields. Uh, some people believe that they extend about six feet out from our person. I know through experimentation and a couple other things that you can expand or contract it. People who don't want to be seen will contract theirs and try to become smaller in a space. I mean, they will try to also many times become physically smaller. Their, their shoulders will be hunched and will be protecting themselves. You know, you're protecting your heart in the midsection. Then you have people who have a lot of confidence. And I'm not talking about bravado. We'll talk about that later. But actual confidence. And they will walk into the room, head up, shoulders back, chest out, and making eye contact, smiling, saying hello. Or if it's not the type of situation where you could really smile, at least making eye contact and nodding your head. They will acknowledge whoever they come across. We have been conditioned 
especially in large cities, not to do that. And it really is weird when I go on, um, I write on Quora sometimes and I go on um, different sites where I will answer questions and things like that. And, and it really confuses me with uh, many of the younger generation find that um, off-putting. Why do you say hello to me? Say hello to you. Like everything is not an affront. And I think that's something that we've lost, especially over 2020. We've forgotten how to be civil. I'm from Philadelphia. More specifically, I'm from South Philadelphia, which is uh, an Italian and Irish ghetto. And everybody was Roman Catholic. When I was a kid, I didn't know anyone who was Jewish. And I met my first Jewish person, I think, when I was 15. And... So it was, you were kind of sheltered because everybody around you, all the parents were all married. Everybody was Catholic. Everybody went to church. Everybody had a lot of the same traditions. But then one of the things my mother did for me, which I will always be grateful for, is she insisted that I go to high school outside of the city. And my eyes were really opened, even though it was Roman Catholic high school. I wasn't surrounded by Italians, (laughs) so it was like different types of cultures I was introduced to, and I got to see what life was like outside the city. Within the city, everybody's on top of one another, so you're either going to always be on high alert and shielded and be friends with anybody, or as it is in most of Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a small-town city, so you know all your neighbors. They all know you. You all watch out for one another. Everybody's in everybody else's business, but in a positive way, usually. When I was dealing with my father declining, and I was trying to get him out of the car, at one point we had parked up the street. My mom can't really help. She's almost the same age. And a gentleman who I didn't even know in the middle of the street just stops, drops his bike, here let me help you we didn't know him, he didn't know us, but he was kind enough to do that and that's the kind of world I want to live in ask yourself what kind of world do you want to live in Do you want to be someplace where people will help one another and where we consider each other community? Or do you want to be someplace where everybody's by themselves and, oh, why they say hello to me and everything is suspect? We have fallen off the boat. So, so far at this point where people are not connecting, it's time to make the choice to reconnect. Either we're going to do this and we're going to actually listen to one another and have conversations with one another and agree to disagree on something, or we're not going to survive this shift. We may survive it, but we're, we're not going to get to the other side condition. And I honestly feel like it's this dichotomy that is just stretching and stretching, and we're going in two different directions. And at some point, vibrationally, we're not even going to see each other anymore. We're not going to acknowledge each other. So that's something to think about. I found out wow, recently. Yeah. Um, I found out recently that I am not the only person who makes that prediction. I felt that way since I was a little kid. Um, oh, Cannon. Her first name's not Doreen. Cannon is the last name. She was a psychic in the 70s. She actually was a hypnotherapist is how she got into things. She wasn't really, um, like she didn't. She started doing readings once she did hypnotherapy and discovered certain things, and then she got interested in metaphysics. Uh, Is it Doreen Cannon? The last name is Cannon. (laughs) 
so sorry. I should have written that down. Um, but she also said the same thing, and she feels that there are people who were born in this time frame who are like non-square characters. In other words, they don't really have their own whatever that agenda may be. So these non-player characters are getting more and more rampant, and some people might call them sheep because they will attach to something, and no matter what comes up to prove otherwise, they will still go for that. But the problem with it is that there's such a, a horde of them that a lot of people who would otherwise be more rational are following along also because they will attack whoever is not in their vibration or tribe, which is very low and very fearful. So we need to be careful of that. Just yes, wanted to check in, Geraldine, to see if you're mm-hmm. um, open to taking calls or questions. Questions that have to do with our topic? Yes. All right. Uh, did you want to take a call now? <laughs> sure. Okay. Break For being in the moment, I'm going to intuitively mm-hmm. feel into, I think this one's probably going to be on topic. Let's go to 203. You're live with Carolyn. Okay. What's your first name? Where are you calling in from? Hi, it's Pat from Connecticut. I can't be on topic because I just tuned in, so I think maybe I just ah. better keep listening. Thank you so okay. much. Though. Thank Put you. Hand Thank up you. One when you. When you know, okay? I'll put yeah, you back thank on you. <laughs> okay, jump again. Carrying on. Okay. All right. So we don't have anybody else right now, right? Green everybody else. So currently everyone's just listening. So, yep. Okay. I'll check All in right. with you when thank we you. have a question. All right. Thank you. So when we talk about low vibe and high vibe, an easy way to um, check on this, is if you think of the seven deadly sins, and that is not a Judeo-Christian thing. Actually, there are similar lists in all different um, places, and it it counts no matter who you are. It really doesn't have to do with religion, but it's a very easy place to go and an easy thing to research uh, to see where you are with it. So... The seven deadly sins, as I said before, sin means to separate yourself from source, to separate yourself from God, to disconnect from spirit, whatever verbiage you want to use. And the seven deadly sins are things that will pull you away from your intuition and pull you under. So these are things that are very short-sighted and you're only concerned with yourself and the immediate future. So it's like immediate gratification is what people are looking for. So the one that we all know is pride. Pride goes before the fall. And what they're talking about is not I'm proud that my kid is a, uh, you know, is doing well in sports. What they're talking about is pride that has nothing to back it up or pride that is overblown, vainglory or vanity. It's when you think you're better than everybody, whatever reason, so that you look down on others, so that you're not really listening. Where does pride come from? Uh, Pride is one of the narcissistic traits. It comes from a sense of lack. When you're afraid that you can't do, you have to tell everybody that you're doing. You have to brag about your accomplishments. And generally, people who are prideful in that way really have very low self-esteem. In most of these, you have to have pretty low self-esteem. It's very low vibe. So pride underneath that, when we're talking about vanity, there's a sense of lack and a sense of really being anxious and afraid that someone is going to figure out that you are not as great as you keep saying that you are. So you're very blessed not listening to other people a lot of people who suffer from pride, they take other people's ideas and they use them as their own, things like that. So pride is the first one. Everybody knows pride. The second one is grief, uh, greed. The second one is greed or avarice. It also is treachery. So greed is 
taking something by force, whether you earned it or not, and at the expense of someone else. So greed is about, again, lack. You fear lack. So you've got to have all the marbles. You've got to take it all because there's only so many. When you're in high vibration, you realize that everything is energy and energy is endless. So there's enough for everybody. Like how many times have you heard that we have enough food and enough energy to take care of everybody in the entire world, but it's hoarded in different places, and that's why it's not happening. It's not happening because of greed, and it's not because there's not enough. It's because they don't – they consider themselves the haves and the have-nots. Again, it creates separation. It makes me better than you. It makes me – it separates me from you. So greed, greed and pride – I made a new word, greed. Pride goes together. Greed and pride go together. Then we have wrath. This is anger, but it is unjustified, unmitigated anger. It's the kind of anger where you do things for revenge or out of spite or out of resentment that will destroy either your relationships or other people, and it just doesn't serve any real purpose. There's no positive end to it. Wrath is just hatred. One of the other definitions of wrath, which I really like, is a denial of the truth. So wrath, if you want to think about it that way, is also gaslighting. It's when you keep telling somebody something, trying to convince them that it's true, even though you know it's not. And it's getting upset when your truth is not accepted as the truth. So wrath is very, all of these are very multi-layered. And we need to really look at them and say, am I doing this? Am I treating people as less than? Am I not allowing the flow of things because I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough? What is happening? Then we have envy. Envy is resentment. Envy is where you covet. That's in the Ten Commandments, coveting. Where you covet what someone else has. You want it, but you feel like in order for you to have it, they can't. Is that true? 99% of the time, that's not true, unless you're talking about a person. And even then, that falls into the next one, which is lust. So as we we look at these, a lot of these are self-loathing, a lack of um, someone who's very self-centered. All these lead to that where you're you're not looking at the long run. You're just looking at what's happening right now, and it's just about me. Number five is lust. So lust is obsessive, irrational longing. That's, you just, you lose focus. You can't focus on anything else. You just want that thing. However you get it, you don't care. Whoever you hurt, you don't care. You just want that thing. Whether it's a person, whether it's a place, whether it's a thing, it doesn't matter. You just get obsessed with it. So that can, with lust, you could also be talking about substance abuse gambling addiction, that kind of thing, too. That comes from lust also, overindulgence. Getting, going to the all-you-can-eat buffet and deciding to spend the entire day there and eat until you get sick. Gluttony. Gluttony can also be having to have all the latest gadgets or overindulging in sex overindulging in any number of things. It could be having to go to every football game. It could be, you know, everything else is lost to you because you want all this decadence around you. You want all this luxury. And you see how all these tie into one another. Even though they're slightly different from one another, they all tie in. And the last is sloth. So when we think of sloth, a lot of times you think of gluttony at the same time. 
um, sloth is about apathy. So it's about not not putting energy out there, not putting energy into anything. In order for us all to exist, everybody has to do their part. Everybody needs to um, have something that they they really love, that they really go through. So sloth sometimes can be seen as like being very depressed and not that I'm not saying that you can control your depression necessarily because there are chemical um, aspects to it. There are physical aspects to it. However, choices can lead to either you getting better and feeling a little bit better or getting worse. So what are you feeding? Which are you putting more energy into? So as you go through those and you you think about each of the seven deadly sins, pride, greed, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, and sloth, you can see where that falls in your life. Do you feel like that? Do you know people who are like that? How do you not slide into that? Because it's very easy to just slip into these things. I have a video on YouTube. If you go to my YouTube channel, I have a video on the seven deadly sins about um, low vibe. And I also have a video about 10 ways to raise your vibration. There's a, um, I have a playlist. So that's there if you want a more in-depth discussion on it. Let's move to the virtues. So the virtues that I'm going to talk about are the flip side of the seven deadly sins. So when we talk about pride and hubris, being all about yourself, um, the opposite of that is humility. Now, does humility and being humble mean that you let everybody walk all over you? No. It means that you act as an equal and as if everyone around you was an equal. It's about not putting other people down because you have accomplishments or just because you can put them down. It's looking at everyone as a human, as a person, as they are, and accepting them for who they are instead of trying to be bigger than them or overcoming them. Then we have generosity, which is the opposite of greed. So greed is when you're hoarding everything in your mind, mind, mind. Generosity is when you're sharing, you're allowing the flow, it's also about vigilance. So when you're being um, generous, you pay attention to see, you know, does this one need more than this one? It's about, it's not about being fair. It's about justice. So justice means you have everything that you need. It means that everybody's got the same. Everybody doesn't need the same because one may not do the same amount of work or one might not be able to handle this or that. And when you're just giving the same thing to everybody, it's wasteful. Everybody should have what they need. There's a difference there. So that's where vigilance comes in. The opposite of wrath is meekness. Again, does that mean you let somebody kick you in the head? No. It means having patience, having self-control, self-discipline. Uh, keeping your composure, going off half-cocked, as they say, you sit with it and see what is the best way to deal with this situation. How am I really feeling? If I'm angry, why am I angry? What am I reacting to? Is it something in me or is it something that actually is happening to me that I need to defend myself against? Because that happens. Um, Then the opposite of envy is charity. So the opposite of you have more than me (laughs) and I want it, Um, you have charity, which is it's having a a good sense of self. It allows you to cheer for others and for their accomplishments. It allows you to be open to seeing who people are 
and the reality of things. And it takes a really good sense of self to be charitable. And that word means so many different things. You often think it just means like giving money to the church. That is not the only thing it means. It also means giving somebody space, giving someone understanding, giving someone nurturing, support, all those things. Then we talk about lust. The purpose of lust is chastity. So in today's modern world, we often equate lust with sexual desire. That is only one small sliver of what that means. So it's not just about physical things. It could be you could lust after knowledge. Um, You can lust after a degree from Harvard. You can lust after a lot of things. And the opposite of lust is chastity. So what is chastity? It's, It's purity. It's purity of thought, word, and deed. It's about losing yourself over to desire because lust is all about desire. It's about recognizing that maybe you want something or you feel pulled towards something, not allowing that to engulf you and encompass everything about you and your life. Gluttony, the opposite of gluttony is temperance. Temperance is one of the tarot cards. Love that card. Temperance is all about balance. It's all about moderation. It's all about making sure people around you are taken care of just as much as you are. Temperance is patience. It is, I mean, it ties into a lot of these different things. It's self-control. It's disciplined. Again, it's, it's not having to have that immediate gratification. Temperance is all about calming down and giving things time and being even-keeled. Sloth. The opposite of sloth is zeal. We don't use that word too much anymore, but uh, zeal is about putting a great deal of energy into something, having that upbeat nature. It's integrity, which is knowing the truth and living by it. It's enthusiasm. The word enthusiasm means to be filled with God. So the opposite of sloth, which is a sin, which means you're totally removed from spirit, is zeal and enthusiasm, which means you're filled with spirit. And you share that, and you're part of the flow, and you're part of the greater all that is, and you acknowledge that, and you want to share that with people. So those are two ways to see if you're falling into the negative or you're moving towards the positive. Ask yourself when you feel these things. On YouTube, in my uh, videos, I do go through a little process, which I don't think I'm going to have enough time to do right now, um, but where we relax, we'll do a couple. Take a deep breath. Relax. And again. And release it slowly. Keeping your eye closed. I want you to feel in your body a sense of peace and calm. You're relaxed and ready. When I say these words, I want you to feel where they are in your body. Pride, hubris, feel where it is in your body and how it's making you react. Now take a deep breath and we're going to clear it. Back to center. Treachery. Where do you feel it in your body? Take note, and we're about to clear it. Take a deep breath. (sighs) 
anger, hatred, the denial of truth. Where do you feel it in your body? Take note of it. And we're going to clear it. Take a deep breath. There's a much longer process, but that'll give you a taste. When we breathe in deeply, we're taking in as much oxygen as we can. We're holding it in our lungs. And then we're breathing out slowly because this signals to the nervous system that you're safe, that everything's okay. So even if things aren't really okay, if you do this practice of breath work, it will help you become released from the fear and the anxiety. You just focus on the breath and you focus letting it out very slowly. And then you breathe in and then very slowly. And that should be very helpful. So do we have any other callers? Connecticut caller call back? <laughs> Let's check it out here. Um, uh, all the callers have been just listening. Well, we can go back and check with okay. Pat in Connecticut because um, she does seem to have her hand up. Hi, Pat. Oh, cool. <laughs> Still there? Hi, Pat. Hello. <laughs> nope. I think she's gone. <laughs> Into another oh, dimension. No. That shifting yeah. thing all over again. Uh, exactly. Think, uh, the, we went through the, the board afterwards. I thought I better scream. So everyone's just listening. Um, but okay. I guess, the, you know, the bottom line here is, what is the bottom line as far as uh, maybe the top three ways that we can focus on getting through, you know, the next day with all this kind of energy? Yes. So come aware. Be aware of how you're feeling, what your body's feeling like. And you may want to check it. There are different things that are tracking the um, the human resonance online, and they also track uh, sunspots and things like that. Um, so when there's higher levels of radiation coming to Earth, all of that affects us. So become aware of your body, how you're feeling, how you're thinking, and allow yourself to come back to center. Grounding is very, very important because we want to be in Tune with the earth instead of trying to battle her so that she doesn't move forward or, or raise her vibration. Second thing I would highly recommend is take time away from your screens. And all these things have radiation that and EMF that comes from them and to them. If we have too much of that, then we end up um, feeling very anxious, and getting sick and different things like that. So you need to be careful of that. One of my things I tell my clients all the time is never, ever, ever have your office in your bedroom if it's at all possible. You should not have a computer in your bedroom. You should not have a television. And your router should not be near your TV, uh, be near your bedroom. Because all this affects our sleep, and without good sleep, it, it makes us feel even worse. We're more prone to react instead of act and not move forward uh, with our best foot. And I would say the goal is to become someone who is very balanced, where peace is your undercurrent or joy is your undercurrent, which means that that's what you tap into when you close your eyes, that you can get there at any time no matter what's going on around you. And I have a class where I take you to the steps that I did in order to do that, and that's called um, Completing the Circle, Path to Self-Empowerment. I want to let everybody know also that tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, I will be on Zoom. In order to join, you would have to go through Meetup, Mystery, Mystics, and Metaphysics. It's meetup.com. And the name of the group is Mystery, Mystics, and Metaphysics, to join us. And we're going to be talking about your relationship with money. 
and we're going to try to define what your relationship is with money. And then I, I have a paid class in two weeks about shifting that into a better space. So healing your relationship with money is the name of that class. So if you'd like to catch up with me on um, Meetup, I do live events there. And I also post whenever we're going to podcast there. Then you'll be able to see me. Beautiful. And that was a perfect mm-hmm. transition into shameless self-promotion because it's time for that. We've just got another 30 seconds or so. Is there anything else you want to let people know about? Um, the other thing I think that can help us through this time is I have a class called Soul Empowerment, Pulling Yourself Back Together, where we do a soul retrieval, we do a, a past life um, you look at our past lives, we go through the Akashic Records, and we do all these different things to really complete our energetic. So that may be something that people would want to look into. It's very helpful. I like doing it in groups as opposed to one-on-one because I feel that when you have several people in the room with you doing energy work, it, the energy is exponential. It really helps. GeraldineStJoseph.com. Which is all linked okay. up at newsforthesoul.com. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. It was, uh, you know, I don't think I've heard anyone go through the all the deadly sins on News for the Soul before. That was <laughs> like interesting. <laughs> a first yeah. in 26 years. <laughs> I right. will pull in um, things like out of the ethers whenever possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But thank um, you so you much for the... Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. We got a little delay on our board, I think. Um, Did you want to let people know what's in store for next time, or is it a surprise? It is a surprise. It is whatever Spirit tells me is in store. Yay! Like February. Yeah. February. So it'll probably be something with relationships, I would think. Will tell me. (laughs) All right. We'll be in the moment. I look forward to it. In the meantime, uh, you can find Geraldine all linked up at newsforthesoul.com. Geraldine, it was great to connect with you. Thanks for being here today and doing what you do, and we'll see you here next time. Thank you so much. Aloha. Aloha. Oh, that's fun saying that. (laughs) And we'll be right (laughs) back with more in a little bit. the soul begins its 27th year in january 2024 find out our latest news at newsforthesoul.com